What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Monday to you. We have reached the dog days of summer. There's not a whole lot going on in the football world right now except for killing time and getting ready for training camp, which is still several weeks away. And I think what we're going to do during this time that we're waiting until camp is talk expectations and go position by position to get into what I am expecting from each position group and the players within that position group and really set the tone for this 2019 season. So we're obviously going to continue to have our Twitter Tuesday. We're going to have Water Cooler Wednesday. But on Monday and Thursday, we're going to dig into a different position group and talk about expectations. And today we're going to talk about quarterbacks. Also, what I want to do with each one of these editions of 2019 expectations per position group is talk about the rest of the AFC East and what that position group looks like for the Bills division rivals. And as you know, the easiest way to make it to the postseason is to win your division. Now, I know that's unlikely with the Patriots and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick still in the mix, but they're not going to be there forever. And Father Time is undefeated, and Tom Brady is getting older every day. And so the opening is coming. And so I think it's relevant to talk about where the Bills, Jets, Dolphins, and Patriots stack up against each other at each particular position group. And today will be fun because we're going to talk about quarterbacks. And when you talk about quarterbacks with the Buffalo Bills, it's all about Josh Allen. Year two, number seven overall pick, player that the Bills traded up and parted with considerable assets to go get the franchise the this the success of brand, uh, brandon bean and sean mcdermott is 100 percent on the shoulders of josh allen and i think i've done a good job or I, we've at least talked enough over the last six months together about josh allen to know about what i think about him uh and the season that he had last year and, and what we can see from him this coming season. But to kind of give a high-level recap, I thought his rookie season was very challenging, and I think it started off right off the bat where he was taking third-team reps all all, all season long, all preseason long, all throughout camps and OTAs. He's getting third-team reps. He's in a a race with Nate Peterman and A.J. McCarron to be the starter. Uh, And we all know how that ended. A.J. McCarron gets traded away just before the season. Nate Peterman wins the job, only lasts a few series. Josh Allen steps in, and he's the guy the rest of the way without really being groomed to be a starting quarterback in the NFL after coming from Wyoming where he had his own share of challenges uh, against top competition and his own personal issues that uh, led to a lot of inconsistency. So not only that, but in Josh Allen's rookie season, David Culley, is a quarterback's coach. He's never been a quarterback's coach in the NFL. The last time he was a quarterback's coach, he was the quarterback's coach at UTEP in 1990. And you got an offensive line that just said goodbye to Cordy Glenn, Eric Wood, and Richie Incognito and replaced those three high-quality starting caliber NFL offensive linemen with Russell Bodine, who... Bengals fans will tell you struggled mightily 
and a fifth-round pick in Wyatt Teller. That was pretty much the only things the Bills did to improve the offensive line in year one of Josh Allen after losing Glenn Incognito in Wood. His starting receivers, Jeremy Curley, Andre Holmes, and Calvin Benjamin, all three were off the team by week 13. A disastrous situation to start his NFL career. I don't think we talk enough, or at least from a national perspective, I don't think it's talked enough about how much Josh Allen had to overcome right away. Not to mention that this offense was built around Nate Peterman and A.J. McCarron. The Josh Allen offense wasn't truly unleashed until the Jacksonville game. So many variables that were not ideal for Josh Allen as a rookie quarterback. And a quarterback that I think everyone would admit, even his biggest fans, was raw and needed a lot of work. To have that scenario in year one is a lot to overcome for anybody. But when he took the lineup after the after he came back from the elbow injury in the Jacksonville game, the rest of the season, you get pretty excited about what Josh Allen can be moving forward. Obviously the Minnesota game from the first half, but really, I mean, it was that Minnesota game and then the rest after Jacksonville where if you're going to look for for positives with Josh Allen, that's what you're going to focus in on. Overall, the, the statistical performance of last year is nothing to brag about. He's pretty poor across the board. But it's about the promise, it's about the growth, and it's about the player that we saw towards the end of the season. Now, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about this season. First of all, day one starter. There's no question who the Bills' starting quarterback is. The playbook is being built around Josh Allen. He's getting all the first-team reps. He's going to continue to get all the first-team reps. He's got a quarterback's coach in Ken Dorsey who's actually been a quarterback's coach coach recently with a player in Cam Newton at Carolina that's stylistically similar to Josh Allen. A lot of good things in terms of that upgrade. The receivers, completely different look this year with Cole Beasley and John Brown in the mix. The offensive line, Brandon Bean literally could not have done more to get a good offensive line in front of Josh Allen and then bringing in a guy like Frank Gore to help add a veteran leader to the mix is all about Josh Allen. So there's so many reasons to be excited about year two in Josh Allen, from Josh Allen. Infrastructure couldn't be better. His preparation will be a lot further along. And he's freaking physically talented. And he has good work habits. And so that's a good combination for us to see growth in year two. So what does growth look like in year two from Josh Allen? What does that mean? Well, first of all, a continued belief that he's the guy, right? So without getting into wins and losses or statistical achievements or anything like that, when we get done with the 2019 season, I want to continue to believe that Josh Allen can be the guy for the Buffalo Bills. Some statistical measures that I have for Josh Allen – Uh, If you've listened to this podcast, this won't come as a surprise to you because I'm sticking with what I've always said. I want Josh Allen to average 225 passing yards per game. If he does that across 16 games, that's 3,600 yards on the season. I want his completion percentage to push for 60%. I want to see that get a lot higher than hovering in the low 50s 
I want to see him challenge for somewhere in the mid-20s with touchdowns. I want to see low teens for interceptions, and I want to see him continue to run the football. If he averages 45 yards per game running the football, that totals out to 720 yards for a 16-game season. I'm really excited what this about what this offense is going to look like in year two of Josh Allen's career. Not only is the personnel better, and not only does Brian Dable have the opportunity to build the offense from day one around Josh Allen, but it's how all those things work together to have better spacing. I've talked about this a lot. You have John Brown and Robert Foster, two very talented deep threats, guys that can stretch the field and get vertical. And what that does is it commands a lot of attention, and it lifts coverage, and it opens up things for guys like Zay Jones and the tight ends and Cole Beasley underneath. And it should open up things to get the backs involved in the passing game. And so the spacing is going to be so much better. The areas of the field that Josh Allen should be able to challenge with consistency should be a lot better. Last year was a lot of times create some vertical opportunities, get you know go empty, try to get the defensive man coverage, and it's, hey, heave it down the field. And if not, we're going to run guys off and you're going to have space to work with in terms of scrambling and running the football for Josh Allen. And so I think that the entire timing concepts – the, the, sh- the short and quick passing game, all that stuff is is and should be better in 2019. So I have high expectations for Josh Allen in year two. I don't think they're unreasonable, but I want to talk to you next June about Josh Allen and continue to be optimistic. And so maybe that doesn't mean the Bills win 11 games or that he meets these statistical thresholds that I've given you. But I just want to continue to believe and have optimism. As far as the rest of the depth chart, I mean, Matt Barkley, hopefully we don't see him play. You know, that's, that, that'd be the ideal situation with Matt Barkley is that we don't have any idea what it looks like to see him play quarterback for the Buffalo Bills in a regular season game. So we're going to pay close attention to the preseason. And so we want to believe that Matt Barkley is the answer at backup quarterback for the Bills. And so we're really going to feel comfortable with that based on the way he looks in preseason. And I think he should look good in preseason. He's a player that's experienced. He's going against backup defenses that aren't game planning and very vanilla in terms of scheme. Matt Barkley should look very good, very confident, and keep the offense on schedule throughout the course of the preseason. So the only way we're going to feel comfortable about Matt Barkley having to step into a regular season game, which I hope we don't, is by feeling comfortable with the way he runs the offense in preseason. So that's going to be very important for him because there's no other real options. Trey, uh, Tyree Jackson, uh, undrafted free agent quarterback out of Buffalo, is the Bills' third quarterback. There's three on the roster. That's the whole list. And the fact that Tyree Jackson is as physically gifted as he is in terms of size, athleticism, and arm talent and did not get drafted despite no real red flags in terms of personality, leadership, intangibles, all that type of stuff, it's kind of surprising in this NFL where that type of athletic profile, that type of physical skill set is something that a team didn't take a sixth or a seventh round flyer on. That concerns me a lot. Now, I like, I like the idea of him as a camp you know, having him in for camp and seeing what he can be and getting a feel for him. But I don't think, you know, I, I studied his game tape in college very closely. 
And I never saw a guy that I, I kept on saying with Tyree Jackson that he's two years away from being two years away. I mean, just a very, a very unorthodox football player in terms of his approach, in terms of how he reads coverage, his accuracy, the fact that he's so athletic, but you rarely saw it show up at, at Buffalo. His mechanics are just so weird because he's, he's so big and long and requires so much space to throw the football. I just think there's a lot of challenges for Tyree Jackson to overcome. And so my expectations are extremely low. And maybe you are optimistic about Tyree Jackson and you're a UB fan and you, you buy into his physical traits. I don't think it's unreasonable for me to have low expectations just based on the simple fact that he didn't get drafted. Expectations for undrafted quarterbacks is low. And I'm not going to count on Tyree Jackson being the outlier. And so the deal with Tyree Jackson is if he doesn't look competent playing quarterback in preseason, you can't roster him. You can't commit a spot on your roster to a guy that you don't feel can run your offense at quarterback. And so he's either going to have to embrace a position change or the Bills are going to have to stash him on the practice squad and hope that nobody plucks him. And if you put him on the practice squad, you have to be able to live with that possibility. But if he doesn't prove that he can somewhat run the offense in preseason, then I just don't think you can roster him because he's not going to play special teams. But what's the value? It's it's difficult. You're only going to dress two quarterbacks on game day. So I'm not all that excited about Tyree Jackson. I'm interested. I'm excited to watch him play in preseason. I want to see what that looks like. But when we're talking about my expectations for Tyree Jackson in 2019, I, they're pretty much none, none at all. I, 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 I don't know that he's going to be on this roster. All right, so we talk, spent a lot of time there talking about the Bills' third quarterback. Now, when I think about the AFC East as a whole, and I try to factor or rank the, the quarterback situations, I mean, obviously the Patriots – are at the top of the list. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. Pretty much all you need to say. He's backed up by Brian Hoyer, who's a veteran, uh, who's played in the NFL. Obviously, the Patriots would, would love to never see Brian Hoyer take a snap, but they've got a guy with experience behind Brady, and then they took a quarterback in, in uh, fourth round, and Jarrett Stidham from Auburn, who I think is a very mechanically sound quarterback that uh, under underachieved that at Auburn, but I really like his mechanics. I like his accuracy when he's kept clean. I mean, he's got a lot of growth to do in terms of adjusting from Auburn to the NFL and uh, proving that he can handle pressure and being a little bit cleaner with the mental side of the game. But, I mean, there's at least a baseline skill set there to develop. I don't know that they're looking at Stidham as the successor to Brady, but he's at least interesting. And so, um, I mean, the greatest quarterback of all time, an experienced backup and an interesting rookie. I mean, that's pretty much how you want to build your quarterback room. Patriots obviously have the best quarterback position uh, situation in uh, the AFC East. The worst quarterback position in the AFC East is Miami Dolphins. Josh Rosen, who I, I don't know if you've heard me talk about Josh Rosen. I like him a ton. Um, he was my quarterback one in the 2018 draft. Thought he was pro-ready. Love his mechanics, love his accuracy, love his ability to be a surgeon from the pocket. That situation in Arizona last year was a total disaster. Uh, as a fan of Josh Rosen, uh, I, I think that he can be successful in Miami. They have Chad O'Shea as their offensive coordinator, um, and I think that 
Uh, that'll keep Josh in rhythm, and I think he has a good chance to be the long-term answer and quarterback at my for the Miami Dolphins. Now we need to see that happen, and this is an important year for Josh Rosen because with the quarterbacks in next year's draft and Tua Tagovailoa, uh, with Justin Herbert, uh, and then you look ahead to the following year with Trevor Lawrence. You know, Josh Rosen has to kind of prove that he's he's the guy, and so it's a very important stretch coming up here for him and. Uh, and obviously the direction of the Dolphins at quarterback, the most important position in sports. Now his backup, Ryan Fitzpatrick, a quarterback we all know very well, a perfectly good backup quarterback, and I think he's the right quarterback to have with Josh Rosen in the mix because there's no pressure to play Fitz. There's none at all. To me, they have to roll with Rosen, see what they have, because I don't think anyone expects this Dolphins team to compete in 2019, and so you're wasting your time if you're not putting Josh Rosen out on the field and engaging what you have in him and if he's going to be your guy long term. They have Jake Rudock also on the roster who's barely a rosterable NFL player. So I think you'll see them keep Rosen in fits and uh, and play Rosen and see what they have. So first and fourth is easy to sort out. Second and three is a little bit difficult because this is pretty much me admitting to whether or not I'm higher on Sam Darnold or Josh Allen. I think rookie seasons were pretty similar, where they both struggled early, they both got injured, they both came back from injury, and looked a hell of a lot better. The backup quarterbacks in New York is Trevor Simeon, who's um, at least an experienced player who's had some good moments in the NFL, and they've got Davis Webb as their third quarterback. He's unlikely to probably make the team. They'll probably roll with Darnold and Simeon. So is Darnold and Simeon a better tandem than Allen and Barkley? Well, Simeon's played more than Barkley, but that's not what this is going to come down to. Um, I think I have to put the Jets at number two. I think Sam Darnold, when he was at his best last year compared to Josh Allen when he was at his best, there's a reason. There's more to believe in with Sam Darnold because he's a little more traditional. I think Josh Allen has an extremely high ceiling. But I think that Josh Allen has a, a, a lower floor than Darnold. So I think they both can be stars. I just think I'm a little bit more optimistic in Darnold in terms of what he can bottom out as. So take that for what you're, what it's worth. Maybe you hate me for saying it. But I think right now, and I think most people would say that the Jets quarterback situation is preferable to the Bills quarterback situation. And... Josh Allen can certainly change that. They can both be great. But to me, I like the, like I said, I like the ceilings of both players, but that bottom, that, that floor, I think is much higher for, for Sam Darnold. So take that for what it's worth. So I'd rank it New England, the Jets, Bills, and then the Dolphins. But that's that two and three is not, not an easy discussion for me. I'd be anxious to hear, I'd be anxious to hear, to want to know what you have to say about that. So let me know. If you have a compelling reason that I should have ranked the Bills over the Jets, hit me up on Twitter. It's at the Joe Marino. Also, don't forget to get your Twitter Tuesdays in. Hashtag Twitter Tuesday. The, uh, you can catch me on Twitter at the Joe Marino. You can also send me an email, joe at thedraftnetwork.com. That way we can have some good discussion uh, on Tuesday based on what you would have me talk about. 
that's going to do it for us today here on the podcast. Uh, don't forget to, sub- to share, subscribe, rate, review the podcast. Have a great guest lined up for Water Cooler Wednesday. Obviously, tomorrow's Twitter Tuesday. We'll get into another position group on Thursday, and we will get through these weeks until the Bills report for training camp and get ready for the season. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and I hope that you're as anxious as I am to see this team open up camp and get eyes on this football team and uh, and see what Sean McDermott can put together here in year three with a much improved roster that we're going to talk about here over the next couple weeks here to get everyone ready for the 2019 season. I'm Joe Marino. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Bills.